Welcome back, baby faces. Victor Villain here. Let's see who's making the way to the ring. Mr. Dirt. Felicia Biflaco, dímelo mi gente. Ooh, fellas. It's so. time again. It's time to shoot the ish. And this uh-huh. week, let me tell you, he's a writer, journalist, podcaster, announcer for Chicago's Warrior Wrestling. And overall, just a nice guy, man. Wrestling <laughs> Inc.'s own, from the Winkley himself. Nick Hossman. Nick, how's it going, man? Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure, Vic. Yes, it's going very well. I'm here in Chicago. We finally have nice weather. Wrestling is good, so I have no complaints. Awesome, awesome, man. What are you up to these days, man? Uh, Well, I did a lot of interviews this week, uh, and then I am... Today, I'm going to do this. I have one more call, and then I'm going to go walk around by a lake near my house for a little while and let my brain air out. So, oh, man, that's nice. amazing, bro. I heard you were a little busy this week. You had uh, Al Snow on the show, right? Al Snow just dropped just uh, literally moments ago. We had Al Snow and Brian Alvarez on the show. And then yesterday I chatted with, within a 90-minute period, Glacier, Court Bauer, and Jack Swagger. And then my oh. brain turned to mush because I had to, <laughs> very, and I, had to th- I had to think very hard and focused in three back-to-back calls yesterday. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Amazing stuff, man. It's amazing what you're doing for the for the community, for the for the, our wrestling business, man. And the, the interviews you carry are just state of the art, man. Thanks, brother. So, you play you you play a big role for the for the for the company, right? Uh, what exactly does what specifically does this position entail for you? Well, as a managing editor, uh, my job is to try to source as much uh, original content for the site as possible. So sometimes you'll see me. I'll pop in and I'll, I'll have like a backstage uh, news story or something like that. I don't do a whole lot of that, but when it's glaringly obvious to me that I can clarify something, I'll do that. Largely what I like to do is I like to get on uh, on the record interviews. I like to go directly to the talent, try to get them uh, to tell me in their own words what is going on here. Uh, so there's not much speculation. I like to, I like to do a, a more hard news style, um, and uh, I do that, and I work with our editorial team uh, to help come up with uh, – different articles for the site. Uh, I work with our social media team to come up with new campaigns about how to drive more social media traffic. I work with our, uh, our discus moderators to help resolve uh, what, why, some of, why some of you post some of the most awful garbage in our comment <laughs> section like absolute animals, and I have to sit there with decent human beings and discuss the merits of the horrible things you sometimes share in our, our comment section. No, right. no lie, man. Good. And that, that's a man of many hats that you play an intricate role in, in that website. And let me tell you. God damn, man, you are busy as hell. Busy is, is right. <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick, Nick is the man. I told you. I told you guys. Uh, we, we, we've been running. I think this is our second year for the podcast. But And let me tell you, me personally, I've been following Wrestling Inc., for all of my wrestling news, I dated back to I think Attitude Era, post Attitude Era, and it's just yo, you guys don't steer me the wrong way ever. I mean, when you compare other websites that put out trash and and, and rumors that are nowhere near the facts that's going on, let me tell you, Wrestling Inc. is my number one. For, for news source and references. Stop kissing his ass. I'm not even <laughs> no. lying. Like, this for real. you guys are my site. Did I what? take you? Did I get drunk and slip you a 20? <laughs> Jesus, this is wonderful. Holy shit. <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell, 
me about your early, early upbringings, man. What was your early life? What got you into this mess, man? What made you so busy? Uh, well, I, I was a wrestling fan as a kid. I grew up in a small town uh, outside of Houston, Texas. And, uh, you know, like everybody, I had a grandma who had some VHS tapes, right? And <laughs> I wound up sitting upstairs uh, watching her old uh, tubed big screen TV. And then I fell into, you know, going over to the Take One video, which uh, was like our blockbuster and renting every VHS. And, uh, you know, I, I was just a big wrestling fan as a kid. And then when I became an adult. I moved here to Chicago to do improv comedy. Uh, wound up befriending uh, Colt Cabana and a couple other wrestlers, and they kind of invited me into the pro wrestling world, which I had not been. I didn't really ever think about it as an adult career path, but when I got in there and I found out how everyone was super cool and I liked that community, I just continued down the rabbit hole. And uh, I used to be a manager. Uh, I'm not really good at taking bumps, so I decided <laughs> that I would be better off uh, contributing my voice to the world of pro wrestling and putting over people that I like on a platform like Wrestling Inc. And so it's all worked out very well. I have no complaints. Wow, that's amazing, man. And comedy and wrestling, that seems to be very common these days with, you know, genres and they intertwine a bit. Tell me about more of this comedy gig that you had and how did it go? Uh, it, I did, it went well. I, I, I wanted to perform it at, you know, all the major institutions here in Chicago doing improv. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a very... Uh, it's a very interesting community, the Chicago improv, the Chicago comedy community is, because you have a lot of people that are all fighting for only a few spots, right? SNL only hires three, four people a year. You know, then, of course, you got TV auditions, commercial auditions. So it can be kind of a cutthroat business. Um, the pro wrestling community is similar in a lot of ways where you have uh, strong individuals that are looking to, you know, let their creativity shine through and, and become rock stars in their own, uh, in their own regard. Um, the thing for me that I always tell people about that, that differentiates the two communities for me is I always feel a, a sense of respect more in the pro wrestling community amongst the performers. And I think that that's probably because they physically have to put their lives in each other's hands, which is something comedians will never have to deal with. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, but I mean, there is there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's big guys that want to try to do comedy and little guys that want to try to be wrestlers. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of similarities between the two what do you think about Dolph Ziggler he wants to I, do both it's good for him you know uh I have not been to one of his stage shows yet um but uh I would like to get out and check out what his his comedy stylings are like I've seen Dalton Castle live oh, with his Dalton nice. show Cabana's a little stiff but you know he's got some good road stories too obviously he you know blew out the podcast business for everybody so he's pretty funny you know oh all right so you said you got into it right watching the VHS tapes. What was the first match or that, the, the, the first wrestler that hooked you? What was that hook for you as a child growing up? Uh, well, I mean, I grew up, I mean, I was a big Bret Hart fan as a kid. Uh, hey, hey, there it is. Boo. Yeah, Bret the Hitman. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you're, you know, before the Attitude Era and the Monday Night War, you know, there was that kind of pre-era, right? That like early 90s, mid 90s era. And Bret was the man for WWE. At that time, right? And yeah, as a kid, you know, I was like, whatever, like, how old would I have been? Nine, 11, <laughs> you know, like watching Bret Hart, you know, he, he'd go over to India and you saw the Beatles like reaction that he got, you know, he'd listen to his message. He was, he was somebody I enjoyed watching, you know, as I got a little bit older uh, and the attitude era kicked up, I definitely became a big Mick Foley fan. Um, I thought that, you know, I just kind of drawn to the, the craziness of that, of that guy. Um, but yeah, you Mick know, those Foley, oh. Yeah. He's insane. 
pretty Chubby Flacco can uh, relate on that one. That was his all-time favorite, I think. Was it not? That was definitely one of my. That was definitely one of my favorites. Three faces of Mick Foley. Yeah. Which what was your favorite face? Same. Same question. Yeah. Who's your favorite face? Oh, which one was my favorite? Probably Cactus Jack. Oh. Yeah. He, I was, actually, he was. He was a sick fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to know something funny? I'm sure that you three all love the TV show Say Yes to the Dress. Um, but, <laughs> but Mick, don't Foley, spoil it. I haven't gotten all the way through. Okay. But Mick Foley was on the season premiere of Say Yes to the Dress. He helped our good friend Kid Cadet uh, pick out her wedding dress. And oh, if it's it's crazy, I would highly recommend you check it out. It's Mick Foley in like a bridal salon, and he's wearing the leopard print silk cactus jack. Oh, nice. Under with a fanny pack and like some sweatpants. Very much. <laughs> Out of place in the world of high-end bridal fashion. Uh, it's great. That's amazing. I love that Mick Foley still does whatever the fuck he wants, wardrobe-wise. Like, he just shows up in sweatpants and a t-shirt and whatever. At up a bridal shop. Yeah, like, just whatever. Well, That's good. Well, yeah, Mick, Mick Foley is obsessed with being Santa Claus. He's obsessed with Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. He's a big Santa Claus fan. Yeah. Who and then he, has a, he has a future son-in-law that's a clown. Oh, my God. Now, yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, but so like I do commentary here in Chicago for yes. Warrior Wrestling. Right, right. And Mick Foley has answered Frank the Clown's hardcore open challenge for our next show here. I think it's on September 2nd, the day or September 1st, the day after All Out. So Mick Foley, Frank the Clown, Mick will have his moment to do what he wants to his future potential son-in-law, Frank the Clown, here in Chicago. That uh, is that amazing. It's amazing. hilarious. That is main event material anywhere. I get to call the action. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. How is that announcing and commentating on a, on a wrestling show versus um, podcasting and, and, you know, just delivering material every week on the, on, the, on the website? Oh, man, it's so different, right? Because, like, when you're on a podcast, you can just kind of say and do whatever the fuck you want, right? It's like, okay, yeah. this show's dirty, so I can use curse words. You know, the wrestling ink stuff, I try to keep it cleaner. That's about the only thing. When you go into commentary... Um, you know, there's two roles, right? A play-by-play and a color commentator. And I didn't really know uh, the difference so much when I first started out because I actually did commentary for Black Label Pro here in Indiana before I started doing commentary for Warrior, which is just closer to me. And uh, Black Label, I was working with Gregory Iron, great guy, but Greg is a wrestler who, you know, has done some commentary. Uh, I, I cut my teeth with Greg. I had a great time. I really like Greg as a, as a person, a wrestler. He's awesome. But it wasn't until I got to Warrior where they paired me up with Rich Bikini, who does commentary for uh, MLW, used to be the, the lead commentator for, for SmackDown, that I really started to like learn the craft of commentary and the differentiation between the two roles, You know, when to talk, when to, to note certain things, when to lay out. That's a big thing in commentary is knowing when to shut the fuck up because nobody wants to fucking hear from you, right? <laughs> <laughs> You know that's a big one. So uh, it's 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 it, podcasting is very freeing. It's you know I'm I'm a bullshit artist. I did improv for years. This is fun for me. But when you get in there and like you're doing commentary, you a want to do a good job, but also you you understand that like you know you're affecting the wrestlers' careers in a way because like they can have a great match, but if you fuck it up on commentary, yeah. you know that's on you, right? And so you want to walk in, you want to keep your wits wits sharp, and you want to. Do a good job for the promotion. You want to do a good job by the wrestlers. And you want to do a good job for yourself and your, and your partner there, which I do have a great one in Rich, who I really, really enjoy working with. No you doubt. Know, 
I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, how do you feel about commentary at the the WWE? Um, I, you know, I think it's. <laughs> I I haven't, you know, I I'm learning how to do commentary from Rich, in like a safe space. It's more of an old school space. I don't have. I I have a headset, but it's just so Rich and I can hear each other. I don't have. Uh, man. I don't have yeah. something in my ear, right? I don't. I've heard like Michael Cole has certain isms that can be kind of distracting. Big uh, dog. Right. Always, well, he'll always <laughs> be writing things down or like has certain spots. He wants you to do things or not do things. But I've also heard, I mean, I've heard Michael's great, but you know, I've heard just, he has isms and then you've got Vince coming at you at the same time. So it's an unenviable task to yeah. walk that space. Cause it's like when Rich and I go out there, we call warrior wrestling. We're given like broad strokes about what they want. We talk to the wrestlers, which is trying to story you're trying to tell. We go out there we have the freedom to tell those stories the way we want to tell them. And nobody has ever, uh, I've never been given a note there in the time that Rich, I mean, I've given, I've been given notes from Rich, but I've never been given notes from the promotion or anything. They're just very happy with our work. Um, and so I, I think Corey's great. Michael's a legend, obviously. Byron Saxton sure knows how to lay out. Uh, <laughs> Renee, you know, she was very honest about herself on social media this yeah. past week. I thought that was admirable, but also like you're way too self-deprecating. I don't think she's that bad, right? Yeah, I don't think she's awful. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. she she needs to find like where it where it fits. You know what I mean? But she's I don't think she's bad. Not at all. And Nick, you're used to like like you said earlier, you're used to the the bashing on the comments that you gotta read through every single day. I don't. Um, yeah. How, Great how crazy is it? This week was very loud in itself, where you got people bashing Renee and death threats to Brandy Rhodes. Like what's going on? Like people are crazy right now on social media. Yeah. Well, people need to, you know, take a chill pill, right? Like, yeah. You know, it's easy. It is, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a trope, you know, it's been said a million times. It's so easy to hide behind a, a keyboard and a screen and just say whatever you want. You know, you're miserable. Misery loves company. So if I'm miserable, you have to be miserable. It's unfortunately a cancer that exists in our society right now. Um, and I mean that, you know, I, for me, I use social media as a, as a means for my job. There's, you know, I'll live tweet on, on, on raw and, and SmackDown. And, you know, there's of course things I need to share on behalf of the site, but you know, I think, I, I think a lot of people could just use a, if you, if you're going to go on there and be negative, just don't say anything. Right. Or, and if you don't like that environment, just don't use social media or stay away from it. I know a lot of very successful people that don't use social media. I'm not on it obsessively like a lot of people are. So it doesn't really bug me as much. But yeah, I mean, the death threats and stuff, I mean, yeah, she's famous, you know, woman of color, trying to make it and, you know, uh, make big changes and bring diversity to a very conservative, you know, inter medium in sports entertainment and pro wrestling. So uh, it's, it's, it's rough out there. People that, shit, that shit is so wild. It's so wild. And then there's a petition to, like, get Brock Lesnar fired because he's really good <laughs> at his job. I... I, I <laughs> He made you want to see him get his accent. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, I mean, there's only so many dumb things you can do in your life, but putting your name on a list of people who want to bring Brock Lesnar harm, I just, <laughs> would, I wouldn't want to be, I mean, he has a list now, right? He's yeah. twice and he's, you know, gonna, you know, he has a list. That's all I'm <laughs> last, saying. Last I checked, there's seven people on it. So it's very possible. I'm just saying. <laughs> He's like, cool. He'll squatch each and every one of them at, at once. <laughs> That's the WWE Network series I want to see. Brock, Brock hunts down his trolls. Each week, Brock goes and finds people that wanted to call him out or talk trash on him on social media. Fucking book it. It's yeah. going to be like fight along. 
on the Fight WWE alone. Network. <laughs> Nick, um, I really admire your show, man. Um, one thing for sure, this past week alone in itself, we agreed on a lot of points. Um, specifically SmackDown more so. Um, it just doesn't seem like we're getting ready. We're that much ready for SummerSlam, given it being a week away. You got rumors of Ziggler Goldberg, um, Bailey's um, reaction after she, you know, what was that? A heel turn, a non-heel turn? Like it, it's crazy right now with with what's going on. But I, I love the way you guys think. And I, I want to pick your brain a bit. Um, how would you book? How would you book us going into SummerSlam right now if you if you could? Uh, well, I mean, SummerSlam is, you know, it's, it's already pretty well booked out, right? Like the matches are pretty, pretty well taken shape. I mean, today the, the news out of the observer and people's speculation was Daniel Bryan was the attacker of Roman Reigns. So we're going to, I mm. guess, get that announced, uh, on, on SmackDown, right? So five yeah. days build, five days build for Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Um, and I also like the other one that's going to be changed, right? Is like Miz and Ziggler, I guess is a red herring, right? It's actually going to be. Right. Ziggler versus Goldberg, right? Right. Um, and again, it's like, do they do they announce that on Raw? Uh, does Miz do it at SummerSlam? Right? Is it like a surprise for everybody? Um, I uh, I don't I don't really know. I, I'm not. I mean, Charlotte's got to beat Trish. I would think that's like a no brainer. Right. Uh, Brock, I that... would guess, is going to retain over Seth. Seth and Becky, are they? Are they heel? They're heels now, right? Are they Seth heels? and Becky? Nah, Seth has to be a face, right? He just got the ever living shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah, he's the biggest face right now, I think. It's so weird to be. They, they were both like red hot coming out of Mania, and then they're like, also, we're dating. And everyone's like, Ugh, what? Oh, man. Oh. And then the WWE just shoves it down your fucking throat. I mean, look, Becky's going to get booed. In Toronto against yeah. Natalia, a heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's coming. So I mean, that's and like Seth. I mean, I don't know. Seth is doing all this stuff on social media, and I get it. He wants to stand up for his company and all that. But he kind of. I mean, it doesn't seem like. It seems a little whiny to me. You it's know, so whiny. And anytime you start bringing up the checkbook, you lost. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done himself any favors. And and with the with the fans like this, and you know, I thought that the bit of business him and Brock did at the end of Raw, where Brock just. Beat him down was was good, but I can't see Brock losing. Doesn't make right. sense. Yeah, so like, this is. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't see I don't see that either. I, and and I was kind of upset. Uh, Bubba Ray talked about it at uh, on Busted Open. Uh, Becky Lynch is just standing there like she didn't go see her boyfriend in the ambulance. Like you've just drilled down our fucking uh, down our ear holes that they've been dating and they're dating and they're the power couple and blah blah blah. But when he gets beat up, he, she doesn't go check him out. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. What kind? What There's kind of badass going is she? on? Wrong with that. But I, I want to say I also uh, to your point, Charlotte and Trish will probably take away from Becky and 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 Natalia at SummerSlam. Um. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, and my hopes would be that Becky has the better match with Natalia, uh, given that Trish, you know, has been away for so for so long, she might be having some rust or not. I mean, that might that might be the only thing that I think saves uh, Becky and, and Natalia here. Yeah, and you're not even mentioning Bailey Ember Moon, the other women's. Oh title. my yeah, god! <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I definitely think that you know with 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 uh, Charlotte and Trish being there, and especially the you know. Uh, the uh, you know, of Stratus Wrestling, yeah, I think it does overshadow the women's matches. And again, it's like Becky Bailey 
these were baby faces not long ago, both acting a little. I mean, Becky will be put in the position to be a heel here. Bailey with that Bailey to Bailey, Bailey to Belly on a uh, uh, on Ember Moon. Moon SmackDown. Yeah, you know, heelish. It's weird. It is. I, I want to tell you how to book it going into SummerSlam, but I have like I have no idea. You now. They should have booked Ember Moon and Becky and Natalia and and Bailey, is Ember. what I think. What you get Ember Moon and Becky. Wow. Yeah. That'll be a great match, and Natalia will be the face over Bailey, right? If if that's what if that's the direction you're going in, right? Um, but Natalia's kind of playing the heel, right? She attacked Becky and and put her in a sharpshooter. So, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of confused. Like I I don't know what they they intend on happening. Becky's like you said is gonna get booed. They're in Toronto. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very, very insightful picking your brain with all those things. I just, I feel your show covers a lot of the stuff that we feel on our end. And I, I need to ask you, what, which is your favorite show to do? Right now, it's just, right now, it's just the Winkly. Uh, we're doing Winkly TV each uh, Friday. We're actually going to record. We're going to get back to form with that. That's a half hour. Raj, the, the owner of the site, and I talk uh, the top stories of the week to, to wrap it up each week. Um, but no, I don't, I don't try to overextend myself anymore. Like I do my Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, you know, I record 30, 45 minutes in the morning, uh, with people that I like, and then I spend the rest of the week hunting down people to talk to on the record about stories or, you know, again, like all the other stuff that I mentioned that I'm just doing for the site. And, um, yeah, I I don't feel, I, I have a pretty good schedule right now. I mean, I, you know, I do travel more, like I'll be in Toronto for, for SummerSlam weekend. So I'll be gone Thursday to Monday next week. That's fun, um, man. And then I go to all the AEW shows, and I get to be in the AEW scrums. So I spent a lot of time in Florida recently. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm like working more, but I'm not working like crazy hours, and I enjoy what I do. So I don't know. Well, that's, that's that's important. You got to love what what it is that you do, man. And you definitely do a great job at it. We appreciate all the knowledge and all the all the great episodes, man. Dude, it's been great getting to that. By the way, props to AEW for doing the AEW scrums and like actually letting their talent talk to the media after their shows. That's been such a cool experience. And that stuff I know is like really resonated with wrestling fans. That stuff goes like crazy on social media. How do you feel about AEW right now? Uh, it, I mean, they're, they're they're rolling along. I mean, if they can get Punk it all out, I mean, game on. Ooh. You know? Punk? <laughs> you think, think, Punk? Yeah, you think that's possible? Well, I mean, he's going to be at StarCast, right? He'll be there. Like, his StarCast panel is, like, uh, what, their show's on a Saturday? His panel's at, like, 12, or it's, like, yeah, 11 to 12.30. And so then, yeah, he goes to have lunch and puts his gear on, shows up backstage down the road at the Sears Center. I 100% think there's a chance of that. I think fans will be let down if that doesn't <laughs> happen and will walk away like, ooh, you know, because, like, Moxley came in at the exact moment when everyone's like, is he going to be here? Is he not going to be here? And then mm-hmm. he's there, and everyone walked away. I was in the building that night uh, in Vegas. The euphoria walking out of that arena where everyone's just like, wow, it happened. You know? Yeah. Uh, Done I, so I, well, too. Dude, yeah, Moxie's the best. But uh, but I think it's the same with Punk here. I mean, there's so much around it. With, I mean, why do the Starcast appearance the day of that he was like on the record talking to ESPN about how he's been like offered a deal from them in text messages? Um, and, uh, you know, he, he talked about how he couldn't do the Vegas show because he had an MMA commitment. So was he, like, entertaining doing the Vegas show? I don't know. You know? Nick, now I want to ask you the million-dollar question that's been running through my mind. How was it interviewing that nine-year-old, AJ Awesome? 
Oh, AJ's an interesting <laughs> character because, like, if you yeah, if you watch the AEW scrums, um, you'll always see this like uh, nine-year-old kid there uh, in the in the mix with us uh, asking the wrestlers questions. And so every, the last couple times I've done these, I get a lot of people ask me, "Who is this kid?" And I was like, "I don't know who this kid is." So I wound up, I was like, I tracked down his, his mom runs his social. I was like, can we, can I get 10, 15 minutes with AJ so we can all get to know AJ a little bit in the pro wrestling universe because he's not going anywhere. And um, so she was like, that sounds great. He's very excited to do it. I had never interviewed a child before. Um, I thought that the chemistry, <laughs> it's weird. Because uh, it's like, you know, kids want to stop and start talking at your time because they're children. And um uh, but AJ was really cool. Very surprised by how hip of a wrestling. He talked about how he watches Lucha Underground, and I'm like, dude, you're like a like a craft wrestling snob at nine years old. You know, <laughs> <laughs> does it like WWE? Which probably, really? Yeah, he's like, uh, they don't do enough crazy stuff for me. And uh, I I did. I said, you're the you're WWE's target demo. That must hurt them to hear you say that. And my girlfriend was like listening in the other room. And was like, you can't talk to a kid like that. <laughs> <That's just different. laughs> him. I, I, I think I think he said that he's a fan of the death matches, right? Oh, he wants to do death matches like John Moxley. One of my favorite nice. audiences of all time. Yes. Like your mom doesn't want to hear that. You're nine. <laughs> I love this kid already. <laughs> Book him. Him and Izzy. Fucking WrestleMania 45. Oh man. Well, you think they'll be doing intergenders by then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They gotta do something. Is he just did a? Is he just did a training camp at the the Monster yeah. Factory in Jersey? Yeah, yeah we were yeah. at the Monster Factory too. Uh, yo, it, it, she uh worked a lot with uh Royal our, Money, our wrestle dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Royal Money. He's uh he's really good, man. If you haven't picked up on him, Wait, he's gonna you, blow up. You guys hang out. You guys do what? Train work? What do you do at the Monster Factory? Now we I'm went for like a weekend like camp. And uh, and we took some bumps and shit. We uh, checked it out. We rolled around. It was okay. good times. Yeah, How, yeah. Did you work with Danny Cage? Yeah, yeah. Danny Cage was there. Uh, Brutal Bob Evans. Um, uh, the announcer for ROH, um, Ian. Yeah. Oh, Ian was there, right? Yeah, uh, Ricky yeah. Reyes. Oh, Ricky Reyes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we were there together. We did, like, a bunch of... Um, like, there was, like, an improv thing and then, like, a situational thing. And everybody... Was wrestling, man. It was it was a good time. It was more it was of a like uh, we wanted to you know test the roles, man. We didn't want to just be podcasters that just talk the talk and you know spread negativity and shit like that. We wanted to know, to know, you know wear the wear, wear the shoes and see how it is to take some bumps. And nobody was fucking with us that day at all. Nobody <laughs> wanted to take the time to look at us or bother. Like you know, none of the wrestlers wanted to help out because you know we're we're newbies. We don't know what we're doing. But Royal Money actually stepped out and. You know, took the chance on us and and showed us how to you know the basics and whatnot, and it was it was fun. Dude, that's awesome. I applaud you guys for doing that. I think it is imperative that more people that are covering wrestling actually experience be part of the business. Um, so that's awesome, man. They kick your they kick your ass. You like? Oh them? man, we loved it every <laughs> second of. It. I'm still sore. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you're also sore for other reasons. Vic's uh, <laughs> uh, recovering from an injury right now. Because uh, we wrestle too much, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so we we we, uh, we had a spot where um, me and Mischief we were doing a sh- uh, a pre show for uh, for uh, Synergy, Synergy Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Their G their GSI uh, that just passed this cup on July twentieth. Artist State Invitational. Invitational. I'm familiar. I interviewed Homicide about it. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. So we we did the pre show, and there was yeah, a spot where 
I put mischief through a table for being annoying. Yeah, and... you acid dropped me and broke your <laughs> ankle, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still sidelined for it till today. So I'm gonna send you the video, Nick, when this is over. Watch. Yeah, sure. You guys gotta do it in like a the tailgate. You gotta do it outside of a, a football game now or something. That's where you go viral. You know. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. We did it at WrestleMania yeah, but... too. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, last WrestleMania we were out there. We did another spot as well. I I wasn't so lucky as well when I went through the table at that time. <laughs> you deserved it. <laughs> no, I was when I was managing. Um, like I would say no to a lot of stuff, which is actually one of the reasons I stopped managing too, because I was like, yeah, you're not ever giving anybody what they want. Uh, I took bad bumps, but there was like one of the last things that I, one of the last shows I did. Uh, Rhino was on the show, and they're like, we're gonna set the table up in the corner, and Rhino is gonna spear you through it. And I was like, no. <laughs> I would have said yes <laughs> But I probably should have said no <laughs> Yeah you probably should They're like you don't want to take the It was like insulting They're like you don't want to take the gore from Rhino through the table And I was like no I don't want to take the gore from Rhino through the table <laughs> Nick is like fuck that <laughs> You take the fucking gore I'm not taking the gore And I had to And they're like well you tell you. His real name is Terry The curtain They're like you go tell Terry you're not going to take the gore And I was like fine <laughs> And I go over I was like Oh hi yeah. uh, So I, I feel uncomfortable taking the table spot So um, Slade's going to take it now And he's like oh man You're missing out <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick so What's so you being a manager previously? Uh, what's like the craziest thing that you've seen or done? Oh man, that's a very difficult question. Uh, the craziest thing I've seen or done? Well, I did play a biker rally here in Chicago, out I think it was in the parking lot of the Allstate, and I cut a promo about how uh, much better Japanese motorcycles were than Harley's. And- <laughs> And that was like at a later night show. That was like 1030 and everyone was real drunk. And I remember a couple bottles got thrown and oh, nice. we almost started a riot that night that they re- that there. I was like, I was like, I want to get some heat. How do you insult bikers? And they're like, tell them how great Kawasaki motorcycles are. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so that now was, you know, like now, you know, that shit is a card that you can play anywhere. I got power bombed off of a ladder one time and it was the only power bomb I ever took. And I was very, very scared. And it was by a woman named Melanie Cruz. <laughs> a wrestler. Holy shit. And I when I was going down, I I didn't know I didn't I didn't flat back it at all. I threw my arm way behind me to like brace the fall and I got in the back and they're like, Yeah, you can never take a power bomb again. You're lucky you didn't snap your arm in half landing like that. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, uh that was crazy. Sabu threw a chair at me one time. I put my oh, I put my nice. hand. Rikishi's That's an honor. Rikishi sat on my face. Uh, <laughs> oh. I took the shape cradle and roll from Road Dog. That was pretty fun. Oh. Um, so you know, it's like a, a, I, I was there when Sean Waltman. You know what? I mean, it's always the Waltman taint story where I was there managing against Sean at a minor league ballpark, um, and uh, the ring. Had not, they hadn't wrapped the turnbuckles correctly. And so when Sean went to do the Bronco Buster and my buddy Jay rolled out of the way, Sean, uh, he, he hit taint to metal and split his taint in half. Oh, shit. Yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. And so he rolls to the outside, and I, ha- and I was like, Sean, you look like you're in pain. He's like, I ripped my asshole in half. <laughs> <laughs> it 
<laughs> it looked like it hurt. And, uh, and so I was like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, kick me, kick me, kill time. And I was like, okay. And so like I'm sitting there kicking Sean Waltman while he's bleeding out of his asshole. And <laughs> to his credit, like we were, we cut right to the finish. I rolled him in the ring. I was like, I held him up and Jay, it was Jay Bradley who was in impact wrestling there for a little while. Uh, he does the boomstick lariat, and Sean ducked. I took the lariat, which was fine. Jay's a professional, and uh, <laughs> then uh, then Sean, you know, rolled him up or something like that. And then he was right to the back, and uh, you know, he asked me if I would hold a towel between his ass cheeks to to catch the blood, and I was like, I'm not that good of a friend, man. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I am very sorry, Sean. Who did he get though to do that? If I, don't, any guy? <laughs> I don't know, man. Probably That's a very cool. attractive woman who was into it. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, so you, there's no. It's fair to say you're no stranger to promos, right? Um, how about in your comedy days, man? Any any anything wild and crazy happened there with that? Have you ever insult anybody? Took it the wrong way? Or? Piece of shit hecklers. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, there's hecklers and stuff. I did a lot of improv. I was very fortunate to get work to work with some very good people at a, at a very young age. Uh, I was working with Rob Belushi, who's uh, Jim Belushi's son, so he was a legacy. And uh, John Barinholtz, who's Ike Barinholtz's brother, he's a legacy. Um, and uh, so I, I always, I, I largely have very good memories of my time in comedy. I did have one experience. Um, it was at a late night blue show. Uh, where it was, we were we were supposed to do raunchy comedy and all this stuff, and um, uh, I did a scene where I started with the stakes. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go crazy high, like gross stakes. Um, I looked at I looked at the guy across the stage, Abe Rabinowitz. I'll never forget it was Abe and I in this scene, <laughs> and I was like, it's not my fault that your wife wants to fuck me because you got your balls blown off in the war, and. Um, <laughs> It was it was such a strong, strong line. And there was an there was a, unfortunately somebody in the audience who was a military person who had just gotten back from the war and had had something similar happen to his friend. And I sent him into PTSD seizures and he had to be like escorted out of the theater and then came what? back. Yeah. And they uh, almost killed the guy. I almost, my comedy damn near. Yeah. If <laughs> words could kill. <laughs> and it's like part of his like uh coping with it he came back to the theater the next day and like wanted to talk to me about it and uh it was a very powerful experience talking to somebody who'd like seen war and like getting their perspective on this and so um that was uh, that was probably one of the i mean like on on stage wise like yeah that was crazy that was like man i was like my comedy literally affected somebody that hard and so uh you, you learn from that too you forget sometimes how powerful your word can be so Nick, and speaking about uh, how powerful words can be, what happened with that incident? Um, I saw on Twitter you posted up a video of uh, was it was it a drunk guy kicking a homeless guy's food? Oh, you're gonna make me cry! Yeah, oh, <laughs> what was cry, what, what was up with that? So I was leaving a street festival in Chicago. I was out on a walk by myself, and uh, I was just uh, it was right outside Second City here in Chicago, and uh, I saw this homeless guy across the street, and he was walking out of the. Uh, the Walgreens uh, with like some bags or whatever. And he and like wh whatever it was like food in one bag from like the McDonald's across the street, like some other stuff. And this like fucking just drunk asshole frat guy, I'm guessing, or just a douche in general, um, like uh, drunkenly like did the kick this guy's food out of his hands into the streets. We like watched his Dick. like 
yeah, like burgers yeah, that's an asshole. and fries and stuff. And then he like wooed like he was Ric Flair. And I was like, fuck. So like we were standing across the street and nobody really knew what to do. And like this guy was very drunk. And so I, you know, I we touched base with the homeless guy real fast. This guy starts walking away. And I was like, well, if you fight the guy, you're going to go to jail. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of ways that these instances could be construed when cops show up on the site street. Also, you know, I gave the homeless guy like whatever money I had on me, which was like 40 bucks. I was like, go get more food, please. Um, and so I just decided to start recording uh, the the guy because he was like screaming all kinds of crazy shit and did was not denying what happened. And so, yeah, I just made I made a video. We put it out there um, to publicly shun him. Um, but, uh, it was a dick thing, man. And, uh, yeah, it's just really dickish. People are at, but there's a lot of good people too. You know, a lot of people rallied around in that moment, but it was, it was, yeah, man. Now I'm crying again. I had to go to a No, Nick, Nick, you're you're a nice guy. See, I I went to a bar pride, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you're a nice guy. I would have pulled a Maria Canales and I would have kicked him in his vagina. Yeah, <laughs> Rex. Yeah, you know, fights are fights are interesting. You know, uh, having definitely had some squabbles in my day and seeing how things play out. Um, you know, it's just not worth it. Violence is never the answer to these situations, unfortunately. Nice guy, Nick. Look at you. Try my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Nick, uh. I don't want to keep too much time on your hands, man. We, we usually wrap up with a, uh, a lightning round. Uh, we call it the round of chair shots. Mischief usually handles it. Mischief, you can take it over whenever you can. All right. All right, Nick. So uh, just the first thing that comes to your head, um, what's your favorite cheat meal? Oh, um, cookie dough. Ooh. Like nice. un- uncooked, like raw cookie dough? Yeah. Just like we have a tub of it. <laughs> <laughs> you go catch salmonella fuck with that shit. <laughs> uh, favorite <laughs> favorite movie? Uh Man on the Moon. Oh. Uh what superpower would you have if you flight? Could? Flight. Flight is a favorite. Yeah, it's um, a common one. Nice, nice. Per- person you want to meet, real or fictional? Doesn't matter. Uh Bob Zamuda. Bob Zamuda, why? Uh I uh I am a huge Andy Kaufman nerd. Uh I uh May or may not represent Tony Clifton on a, on occasion at Jerry Lawler <laughs> events, and uh, just, just just like to you know, he's one of, he, you know I have a, I've talked to pretty much anybody I could ever want to. Um, he's just somebody that's eluded me, and I've gotten close a couple times, and it just never comes together. Worst purchase you've made? Um, I bought um a lot of, i bought a lot of protections for a website that i was going to design last year that fell through and i feel like i squandered uh several hundred dollars god damn <laughs> what's the dumbest way you've ever been injured um i bashed a beer can over my head on stage at the improv olympic one time on a ladder <laughs> trying to recreate the sandman and uh, i used to do i actually did that gimmick quite a bit in chicago i just splashed the audience with beer and it was a lot of fun, but on this particular day, I smashed the beer can on my head, and uh, it, it like immediately got very thin, like razor thin, and, and split my thumb in oh. half, like a big cut right down the middle of my thumb. And uh, I wrapped it in towels and like did the show like an idiot. But then I had to go get stitches afterwards. Uh, but that was pretty stupid. That's pretty uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what useless talent do you have? Uh, I can do some bird whistle. I can do bird calls. No shit. Nice. You Prove ready? it. 
You want me? Okay, here, wait. Let me take, let me take a sip of water here. I can do this. Nah, that's bullshit. That's, that's an app. Bird. That's a that's bird. It. Yeah, you got an app for that. I don't believe you. <laughs> that's me. That's me. I grew up in the. I grew up in a place called the Woodlands. So uh, <laughs> a lot of time with the birds. <laughs> Fair enough. Other than the birds, what other languages do you speak? Man, Spanish, but very poorly. And like, I don't even want to take credit for that. I I can't. I I have. I struggle with English. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's your favorite sports team? Um, I, I gotta go to the Texans, you know, Texans. How's that play out living in Chicago? Well, um, you know, unless they go both make it to the Super Bowl, I don't think they ever really play each other. Right. <laughs> so, uh, which would be a dream. That's my dream. Super Bowl right there. Oh. Uh, but, uh, no, I, you know, I play fantasy football still with my friends each year and, uh, I grew up, uh, well, we, I was an Oilers fan as a kid, and then the Oilers got moved to Tennessee, um, and then became the Titans, and then I was, right. then they were like, well, maybe you could be a Cowboys fan, and we were all like, no, that's not happening, we're not oh, all no. just be Cowboys fans now, so when the, <laughs> wow. when the Texans came back, I was, ac- I was actually at the first Texans game ever, it was their preseason game against the Cowboys, and Jerry Jones came out and was a righteous asshole and smug, and we all booed him. <laughs> and it only endeared me more towards the Texans, which I've always claimed to this day. So. Yes, that is right. exactly well, the, how the, the Andre Hobson's uh, stock went up recently, right? With uh, the whole uh, with the wide receivers game this season, don't you think? Man, I wish I knew what you were talking about. I only hit <laughs> football during fantasy football season and just basically largely a numbers form. Uh, so I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what is more important in wrestling, the face or the heel? Oh, man, I, I, I don't know that I, I mean, you have to, you can't have one without the other. I guess I would go with, I would go with heel um, because the money's in the chase. And yes. so if there's nothing for a baby to chase, then there is no story. So I will go villain. I will say heel. Who is your favorite? Um, my favorite wrestler? Uh, heel. Who's oh, your my favorite heel? Uh, my favorite heel I'm MJF right now, of course. Oh, he's doing some work, man. He's great. Yeah, Um, definitely. So before you you do uh, your gig at Warrior or you go out to the ring or even before you put together Winkley, do you have any like pregame rituals, like anything that kind of warms you up? I have to be clean. I have to shower. Um, before I do anything, I just, I like to show up prepared and, and, and I don't like to walk into things. I don't, I don't, I don't podcast in my pajamas or anything like that. I wake up and I like to eat and, uh, and, and smell nice. Is that a ritual? I don't know. That's just nice. It's a, it's a ritual a... more wrestling fans should appreciate. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly where I was going with that. Okay. Okay. Cool. So to wrap it up. What's a message you want to leave the fans with? What What's your like lasting impression? Um, you know, it, it's such a it's such an escape pro wrestling is, and it's something people just want to love and enjoy. And it's okay to have opinions, but it's not okay to be an asshole. And if you are somebody that's like, I'm a natural heel, you're not a natural heel, you're an asshole, right? <laughs> Wrestlers are heels. People are either assholes or they're not. So just just try to enjoy things and keep things in perspective, I guess. Cool, man. Thank you for uh, for taking the time with us. Uh, I think we've taken enough of your time. <laughs> Nick, and where can we find you online or on social media? 
Uh, I'm at Wink Rebel, W-I-N-C, Rebel, over on Twitter. Um, that's probably where I do most of my social media, Ian. And uh, subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio over on iTunes. Um, that's where we release all of the, uh, the weekly episodes for Wrestling Inc. That's Nick, a- thank you very much, man. appreciate the time, man. Again, um, hope to do this some- again sometime in the future, man. An incredible brain to pick, man. You definitely helped a lot. And uh, sorry for taking up so much of your time, too, man, but... Sorry, Have a brother. great day, man. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thanks so oh, much. Right. Thank you. you. Thank you so much, Nick. Have a great day. Thank you.